Hi, and welcome to the iPhone Life podcast. I'm Donna Cleveland, Editor-in-Chief at iPhone Life. And I'm Colin Thomas, writer, producer, and senior instructor at iPhone Life, filling in for David. Yes, I'm excited to have Colin on the show today. Um, He is our resident security expert, so we have some topics we're going to get into in the episode. He also just produced our Messages App Guide 2022 edition, so I wanted to bring him on to talk about some of his favorite tips from the Messages App Guide that all of you can use at home. There's some cool Uh, stuff in there. Yeah, there really is. Um, and it's the app that, you know, universally all of us use all the time. So it's good to make sure that you're getting the most out of it. It's pretty and much Colin the main thing that. at iPhodes for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sending text messages. But uh, we're recording from different places with Omicron happening. There's a lot of remote work uh, that we're doing at iPhone Life just to stay safe. So how's it going, Colin? Haven't seen you in a while. It's uh, it's going great. I'm still I'm still isolated here in my office. Just uh, coming came back from a from a trip down to Austin, but um, we've got a brand new messages app guide, and I've got a bunch of security updates that came out on the 26th. So I got I'm happy to be here. I uh, I love to talk about this kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be fun. Um, before we get into the episode, I wanted to tell you about our sponsor for this episode. That's STM. I've been using STM products for um, a long time now. They have a lot of backpacks, carrying cases, and things like that. But they recently came out with a line of MagSafe products that I think are super interesting and um, I wanted to tell you all about. STM in general, I kind of consider them, they have a lot of sporty, versatile, um, kind of rugged gear. And uh, with this new line, there's still that thread of that you know type of rugged, practical use, um, but it's in these MagSafe products. So for those of you who don't know, MagSafe is a magnetic technology that Apple built into its latest iPhone line. And it allows you to attach to different things like docks or even wallets or just a lot of different products magnetically. So you don't have to actually have some sort of adhesive on the back of your phone. And it works a lot better than uh, wireless, Qi wireless charging that older iPhones used because it actually locks into place using those magnets. So if you're doing something like wireless charging with MagSafe gear, it will reliably charge as opposed to only sometimes charging if you didn't place it just right. So we are a big fan of MagSafe at iPhone Life, especially now that a lot of third-party product makers have come out with MagSafe gear like STM. Uh, And before it was just sort of hard to find and a lot of the Apple gear itself is kind of overpriced. But now uh, with products like these ones from STM, it's super practical. So STM has, they call them the MagPod, MagArm, and MagLoop. The MagPod is a tripod. And uh, I've been using a dock as a tripod at the office right now, a MagSafe dock, because it is just so nice that you can just lock it into place. And then sometimes I'll use that to, um, to adjust the angle and take pictures when I need a steady shot. But the MagPod is way better for this type of thing. It actually you know, has adjustable legs and um, is designed specifically for photography. Then the MagLoop. I love one. Uh, yeah, they're really great. Um, <laughs> Ma- the MagLoop is sort of like, um, it's sort of like a pop socket, but you instead of sticking to the back of your phone like a pop socket would, this uses MagSafe so you can take it on and off as needed, but it does give you like a loop that you can put your fingers in that makes you um, 
you know, you're holding your phone more securely and less likely to drop it. It also includes cool. a bottle opener. Neat. It works as a bottle opener too. Cool. <laughs> That's kind of fun. And then the mag arm sticks on, you can um, attach it to different things like the side of your computer. And I think this is really cool just to have more displays side by side. Um, it also could work as a tripod. Also, I was thinking the mag arm would be really great for um, using in your kitchen if you wanted to use your phone for following a recipe because you could attach it to your countertop um, at any angle you want and you know have access to your screen. So go to stmgoods.com and check out their MagSafe gear. Next, I want to tell you about a couple of iPhone Life's offerings before we get into the episode. So we have a free daily email newsletter called iPhone Life Tip of the Day. And uh, it's our most popular newsletter. We have over 250,000 people on it. And when you sign up, you get a tip of how you can use your iPhone, do something cool with your iPhone, all in less than one minute a day. So it's a really great way to learn more about your Apple devices. We also include some Mac and Apple Watch and iPad tips in there with very little time investment and no financial investment. So really, there's no downside of subscribing. Go to iPhoneLife.com slash daily tips and you can sign up there. And I have a daily tip I wanted to tell you all about on the show today. And I'm curious if you use this tip, Colin, and that's how to whitelist senders in the mail app. So um, a lot, you know, a lot of us sign up for email newsletters these days. Sometimes some we also get a lot of junk mail and sometimes you do like that junk function that just doesn't filter those emails into your inbox. But other times you're missing newsletters that you signed up for on purpose and want to receive. So there's an easy way to go and check through your junk mail and make sure that you're getting the emails that you signed up for on purpose. Um, so that's you open the mail app on your iPhone. You tap mailboxes in the top left corner, tap on junk. Then you can tap to open the specific email you want to mark as not junk. And at the bottom, there's a folders icon. You tap that, tap inbox, and then it'll move that email from your um, junk folder into your inbox. Do you use this function, Colin? You know, I don't use the built-in mail function, but I have a funny story about this. You <laughs> might have heard that on the 24th of January, just last week, a woman named Laura Spears won a $3 million lottery, but the email went to her junk email box. So she might, want, she might have wanted to use this <laughs> tip. <laughs> Wait, so what happened then? She found it in time in her junk email folder. She just happened to check her junk email folder and found an email that looked like a spam. I mean, how many times have you got you won the lottery in your junk email? But this time it was true. Yeah, I mean, I just haven't spent a lot of time thinking about winning the lottery, but I'm surprised that they yeah. just send you an email. Like they don't I like, know, right? <laughs> they don't like roll up to your house with like party balloons and stuff. No, she yeah. got an email. Although I guess you're dollars. right that kind of no matter how they inform you, you probably are going to initially think that you're being tricked. Like I think if someone <laughs> yeah. called me on the phone and said that I won the lottery, I'd also think it was a I'd lie. Also, not believe it. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> So um, if you're someone who likes to play the lottery, you might want to use this tip to whitelist the lottery's email address so yeah. that you get that email in your inbox. And, you know, we also, I'll just throw out an extra tip for you all. Um, 
it's good to go in and whitelist stuff that you don't want to get. Also, a more common problem is just to be getting email newsletters that you no longer want anymore. And it's nice in the mail app too if you open a chain email, or not a chain email, sorry. Um, if you open a, a newsletter and your, you know, your app is pretty good about identifying most newsletters, it'll give a little button at the top that you can tap that just says unsubscribe. So if you're getting too much email, there's also, we also have lots of tips for you on how to trim those down as well. But this is one we, I haven't actually ever read out on the podcast. And I think it's worth saying, because you also don't want to miss when you win the lottery. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so moving along, when, I want, not if. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to also tell you about our premium subscription. We have an educational service called iPhone Life Insider that is our premium monthly subscription where you get lots of content, including the tip of the day in video form um, that teaches you how to really master your Apple devices. So if you're someone who loves your Apple devices and you feel like you could be getting more out of them and you want to join a community of other people who are excited about learning about their Apple devices, this is the place for you. And also if you just want that extra support um, to make sure that you are getting the most out of your devices, we offer that. You can get in touch with us directly. We'll help you solve your tech issues, whatever's coming up. We have uh, courses. Colin and I like to teach courses together, and you have the chance to ask us your questions live. Um, it also offers a structured format, which helps you know give you that accountability to show up and learn at appointed times. We also have video guides on demand, so you can learn at your own pace if you prefer that. Downloadable PDFs so that you can have resources at your fingertips at any time that teaches you step-by-step -step how to use different apps on your device, as well as just uh, overall how to use your iPad, iPhone, Mac, etc. Um, so iPhone Life Insider is awesome. Go to iphonelife.com slash podcast discount and you get 10% off your subscription just for being a podcast listener. And if you're 60 years or older, 60 years old or over, you get access to another 10% off with our senior discount. Also, if you're a service personnel or veteran, you also are eligible for that extra 10% off. So go there for up to 20% off. That's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount. And I just wanted to give a little plug too. If you're listening to this before February 3rd, we have a smart home workshop coming up. CEO, our iPhone Life CEO, David Auerbach, has been testing out smart home products for the past few years. His, his whole house is really tricked out with smart home products. So between security gear, um, lighting, thermostats, all the main product categories. He has tested out a ton of products and can tell you what's going to work the best and which ones you can use to set up automations in your smart home. So you can have uh, you know, scenes where you have a nighttime scene in your house or you know, when you come into your house, it triggers certain things to happen. So it's going to be an awesome one. We've been wanting David to do this for years, I feel like we've been talking about. So I'm glad I finally pinned him down for this workshop. It's going to be at 4.30 p.m. Um, Eastern time, February 3rd. That's this Thursday. So sign up for Insider, and you'll get access to this workshop. It's iphonelife.com slash podcast discount to sign up for Insider. And smart home stuff is complicated. Like get away from you real fast. So definitely David's advice has been very helpful to me as I've set up my own, my own um, home kit um, integrations. And that'll be a good one. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, I also want to get David on the podcast. I mean, you know, he is on the podcast all the time, but get him to talk more about the smart about his smart home products. Um, so, so yeah, because it's something that it's not super simple. It's not an easy decision to know whether it's worth the time investment or not for some of these products. Yes. So uh, it'll be and the monetary investment. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so I did want to also read out an insider question that came in recently. That Leanne, we get a ton one of, of our- insider questions, and some of them are things we don't know the answer to, and we have to find <laughs> out. And this is where our expertise comes from. We love your questions. Yeah, and this one, this one's kind of a simpler one, but it does. It might not be the most intuitive, so I thought it was worth reading for listeners tuning in. Um, one of our insiders, John, wrote in and said, "When I tab away from games, they pause. Is there any way to have apps keep running in the background?" So there's two kind of questions nested in here. Like what's going on when you tab away from a game, you know, meaning you you might like if you go to the home screen and open another app, but you didn't quit that app, you didn't force quit that app. So some apps, whatever's happening on the app will keep happening. And for others, it, it pauses. Um, so usually what uh, Leanne's answer was, which is correct, is that some apps keep going in the background, others don't, and it's really up to the app developer whether or not like that happens. So for instance, YouTube, if you have a YouTube premium subscription, videos will keep playing even if you tab away from YouTube, but if you aren't paying for YouTube, that won't happen. So um, with games, generally speaking, app developers don't let you keep going in the background. And I'm assuming, I'm not a big gamer. I think, Colin, you game a little bit more, but that's probably like, it allows you to maybe cheat in some regards if you are tabbing away and and like it's, you know, if you're mining something, for instance. I don't know. Depending on the game. Yeah. Yeah. If you you wanted to set up your minions to do the mining for you, you, you'd have to leave the iPhone open, I think. but uh, one exception might be multiplayer games, where it will probably keep happening in the background. Um, but mostly, yeah, games are going to pause. And partly that's to save your battery. Your iPhone does a lot of work in the background to protect your battery, since it's consumable and will eventually wear out. And gaming uses a lot of batteries, so if you're not using it, they're going to they're gonna usually pause it. Yeah. And then, you know, this this uh, insider asked, is there any way to have apps keep running in the background? And that's actually sort of a different question than the initial gaming question. Um, the app developer is going to choose whether an app, like whatever is playing, keeps playing. But then an app keep running in the background also is kind of referring to background app refresh, which is a different function that, um, you know, applies to non-video related apps just in general whether you want information and data to stay to keep updating um in real time in different apps so the mail app is a good example of that like do you want to constantly be seeing all the emails coming in or do you want that to only refresh when you go and open your app and so that's a setting called background app refresh which you can go into your settings app and find and it'll allow you on an app by app basis to choose whether to have background app refresh on or you can choose to have it on just for across the board and um is this a setting that you keep on i usually leave it off and the reason is it is a major culprit on draining your battery Mm -hmm. if you have an older iphone it's one of the first things you want to turn off because 
if the mail app goes and fetches mail just when you open the app, then that's when you're checking for it anyway. So it's not usually all that noticeable when it's turned off, but having those apps in the background fetching data constantly um, can really drain your battery. So I usually leave it off, even when I have a newer iPhone. Yeah, it's, um, you know, part of the reason that I don't, settings general, so it's settings general, background app refresh, I have it off across the board, but it gives you a list of all of your apps so you could you can go in. No, I lied. It doesn't let you turn it on and off by an app by app basis. Um, Alas. Oh no, it does. So sorry. If you have it off across the board, it's just off across the board. If you turn it on, you can turn it on to have your apps refresh over Wi-Fi only or Wi-Fi and cellular. And if you have that on, um, enabled, then you can go toggle it on and off for different apps. So it does let you do that. Um, but yeah, I also I thought, keep it off for it battery purposes. Right. And the thing is, because um, these days, it's like if I open my mail app, it just takes a second or maybe a couple seconds for my inbox to refresh anyway. So it really isn't a big deal um, to, to have hey, background hey. app refresh off. I think. And you will still get text messages and emails and things with background app refresh turned off it's not um it will mm. still push data to your phone when it's urgent or important it's uh it's more for like keeping a constant check-in it's um you, 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 i i don't have it on and i i've not noticed really any particular loss except that the weather app is slower to update and doesn't always have correct temperature but yeah, I guess that's a good question. Like, what is it really doing then? Because it's, yeah, like, I'll still see if I have texts come in, even though I don't have that app running in the background right. or, you know, new emails. Um, but yeah. the, the, the high priority messaging apps will still update because that's pushed to you that that app isn't going out and getting it. Um, so the background mm. app refresh is the apps like asking for new stuff. But it is a okay. little bit hazy what exactly it is <laughs> controlling. I'm afraid I don't know the answer to that off the top of my head. There's definitely something since it's using like a lot more battery when it's turned on. But with it turned yeah. off, I haven't noticed a difference. Yeah, so I, I'm sorry, podcast listeners, for spreading misinformation. <laughs> um, so you'll no. still get your emails and text messages with background app refresh off. So I guess our hot take is that background app refresh just hogs your battery and doesn't help you <laughs> that much because you're yeah. still <laughs> you'll still get the things that you need with it off that's that's where i'm gonna leave that one <laughs> <laughs> so moving along i wanted to talk about january 26th and how apple pushed out a security update for yeah. uh, the iphone and was it at the ipad 2 or just the iphone it was just about everything that they make they pushed okay. upgrades for watch OS, TV OS, iPad OS, iPhone OS, and Mac OS. So pretty much all the operating systems for all their devices. And, and so this is an important security patch, right? Yep. Um, normally when you see that number tick up next to the operating system, you expect some like features to come with it. We were really hoping for universal control to finally roll out. Um, but this update, um, this is 15.3 and 12 point uh, for, for iOS and iPadOS and, and 12.3, I think, for macOS. And it's 
it didn't come with any features, no features at all. So you, you might have noticed your little, um, your little notification saying there's a new version of the OS out. Um, and what it contains is bug fixes for security. It's got a bunch of critical security patches. Um, the contents, none of the contents of which are really like world shaking. Um, nothing's going to break the whole internet, but some of them are pretty important and you definitely do want to update your device. This is why we keep our devices up to date so that when Apple rolls out security updates, we can get them. Um, and so this includes some bugs that would allow malicious programs to run with um, with more powerful kernel kernel privileges, with more pow powerful privileges on your iPhone, which is not good. Um, it would allow there's some WebKit bugs that would allow maliciously crafted web content to gain access to to the to the device in ways that you'd rather it didn't. Um, some of these bugs are pretty bad. Um, the good news is that almost all the bugs that Apple was fixing with these patches um, were discovered by security researchers, not by hackers, or if hackers did find them, we don't know about it. Um, security researchers found these bugs, and so we get the fixes before we know that they've actually been used by anyone, which is the way we want it. We want the researchers to find them first before the hackers do. Only one of the big bugs for, Mac OS, for um, iOS had been exploited by attackers, uh, as, as far as Apple was aware. So um, get this update and you become safe from these bugs and the researcher's job will have been, will have been well done. If you don't get the update, then you're not safe from these bugs. And now that they've been disclosed, hackers may begin using them. So you definitely want to get the update because Apple just made public that these bugs exist and have been patched, but you only get the benefit of that if you update. And it's actually a really bad thing if you don't update because now people could use them who wouldn't otherwise have known about them. Um, so, so keep your phone up to date. Yeah, Long keep your phone up to date. I was just going to say, like, how worried should people be about this? You know, it, it seems like there are these security patches quite a bit. And it does yeah. make you wonder, like, how vulnerable are we to these types of things? And, you know, some of the things I've read, like, it doesn't seem like it's really the general person that's being targeted by these security breaches. Like... Your yeah. everyday person is less likely than than if it's like you know targeting someone with sensitive information on their device, so, right? That's a great question, and the answer is a little bit complicated. Hmm. So security advocates like myself always have a little bit of a conundrum. If we tell you that it's no big deal, but then you get hacked by it, then we feel very bad. Right. <laughs> so there's an incentive for us to always kind of talk about these bugs like they're like they're really a big bad wolf out there that's a, that's going to eat you up. Um, the reality is more complicated. The the bugs that Apple patches with these security updates, they're mostly discovered by researchers which means that they, we don't know that they've necessarily been used aggressively in the wild, um, that they've actually compromised anybody's phone, usually. There's, there's one that may have been this time. The, the other side of it is that these bugs require usually fairly advanced programs 
to to use. And iPhones are fairly resilient, so even if they get compromised, you can usually just reboot and it's okay. So where these bugs are mostly used is in targeted attacks against people like activists and journalists and spies and such things. If you're not one of those people, you don't usually have to you don't have to worry about it as much. But once the bugs have been used in that space, they tend to kind of trickle down to the criminal market for things like um, compromise of user data for identity theft. And then from there, they'll trickle down even further into the like everyday scumbag market where they're just trying to um, to gather ad revenue off you by by installing, you know, a malicious uh, browser plug-in or something like that. So the, the, there's kind of this filter down thing where the bugs that Apple's catching are usually pretty advanced and only really a threat to people who are high value targets. But eventually they will make their way into the everyday criminal market and become a significant threat for everyday phone users. So it's always a good idea to keep your devices up to date. And it's yeah. not this is not necessarily a straight line. Sometimes things jump the queue and end up straight in the hands of everyday criminals and become a problem for everybody, like the the big Java bug that happened over Christmas break. So keep your devices up to date. Um, and so if you're not you like a sleep over it, not really, <laughs> but keep your devices up to date. <laughs> yeah. If you're not a politician or a journalist, you know, or an activist, or, activist, you probably still need to keep your phone updated. <laughs> you should still keep your phone up to date. Yeah. I mean, we're but if you're in one of, in one of those groups, then you probably should be more worried. Then you should definitely <laughs> keep your phone up to date. <laughs> yeah, and do more things besides. Yeah, um, one thing I've noticed that's been I just haven't gone to the bottom of is that even though I have automatic updates on for my software, it doesn't automatically update it. Have you had to run across <laughs> yeah. this? I still yes. need to go into settings, general software update and download and install it. Yeah, sometimes. So if you have automatic updates on and it's set to automatically download the update, then it will eventually do that when it's connected to power and the phone is off for an extended period of time, usually when you're asleep. But you may sometimes catch the update when it first rolls out and your phone is on and you're not connected to power and you're not asleep so it doesn't do the update yet mm. so you can manually trigger the update before it would automatically do it um, and I would say for the most of us that's not really a necessary thing to do you can leave it on automatic update and then when you wake up tomorrow morning your phone will be up to date um, and the same for iPads I, I keep saying phones but iPad anything you've got sensitive data on your Mac etc yeah, yeah. I, I just find that I like to keep automatic updates on, but I yeah, do recommend still going in and checking because it seems like it happens enough where it doesn't yeah. do it automatically or as soon as I want it to that I like to go just manually start the process. Um, and again, we always recommend having some time on your hands where you're not going anywhere and you can stay connected to power. So it just completes the update Yeah, and you're on Wi-Fi. Um, it's a little bit of a sensitive update. time when it's updating. You don't want your phone to like get dropped in a you know in a cup of water or something when it's in the middle of an update <laughs> no you never want your phone dropped in a cup of water though but definitely not then either <laughs> yeah like leave it alone while it's updating let it let it let it do its thing <laughs> yeah 
Okay, so moving on to our apps and gear section of the episode, I wanted to talk to you about the Messages app because you know you just spent time creating the 2022 edition of our Messages app guide for insider subscribers. So you've been using the Messages app a lot. Yeah, um, so more let's than talk ever. about it. Yeah, what um, what are some of your like you know favorite tips to pass on to listeners? Um, I'm going to share two and then one that you can't have yet, but I hope that you will have soon. So the, um, the messages app, my favorite thing about the messages app is iMessage, Apple's own messaging system is really mm-hmm. cool and powerful. It's fully encrypted end to end. It's as secure as WhatsApp or, or signal or anything like that. As long as you're communicating with another Apple device, really like iMessage and there's a a feature of iMessage that I particularly enjoy, that's the full screen effects. So in the Messages app, if you are communicating with another iPhone user or Apple device user, then you will see that the text message bubbles in your in your communication are blue. The blue bubbles mean that you're communicating with another Apple device owner and therefore using the iMessages which are encrypted and have a bunch of extra features. If they're green, then you're using um, traditional normal text messages, MMS or SMS, and they're not encrypted. They're clear text that's totally unencrypted. Anyone anywhere in the telecommunications company could in theory read your text message if it's green. Um, And if the telecommunications company has a breach or something, then those messages are available. So don't use green messages to send passwords or other sensitive stuff. Um, Blue is okay. Green is not okay. So um, keep an eye on that. And then if you are using iMessage with the blue text bubbles, then when you enter a text, you can then press and hold on the send arrow, the little blue send arrow, and you get a bunch of options, a little menu of options for sending it as invisible ink or um, sending it with uh, fireworks or a spotlight. And these little animations are a great way to emphasize your text, to, to do something kind of cool. And because it's, it's all built into Apple's system, it can, be, it can fill up your whole screen. It's not like a little GIF of fireworks. It's like your phone shoots off fireworks all over its screen. It's cool. I'd, I love it. I think it's cheesy and fun and wonderful. <laughs> I like the confetti one. I use that yeah. for, you know, if you're sending like, well, actually, sometimes if you even just say congratulations or happy yeah. new year or something like that, it'll automatically use yeah, it'll these automatically effects. use one. Yeah. If you send happy new year on new year's, it sends fireworks, but you can do fireworks <laughs> whenever you want. Um, you just press and hold that blue send arrow, but you have to have text in the send field. If you press and hold the send arrow on an empty text field, then mm. you'll record an audio message. Yeah. It's different. definitely one of those like very hidden features. It just feels like something like a little Easter egg that Apple yeah. planted for you. If you know it's where to super look. cool. I love it. Yeah. Um, so that's the two features I, I love the most, the iMessages in general and the screen effect. And then the other thing that you can't have yet is the the developer release for the next version of not not iOS 15, but iOS not iOS 16, but iOS 15.4 is out now. And with it, we finally get a feature that we were promised with iOS 15 that's called universal control that lets you use the same keyboard and mouse with your Mac and then just 
move the mouse off your screen and onto an iPad that's nearby and switch your keyboard and mouse to your iPad. And it is so good. <laughs> it's like <laughs> mind-blowingly great. And for some reason, now that I've got that set up, I find myself using the Messages app on my iPad constantly. It's like become way more useful to use the Messages app. I'm like dropping all my other messaging app. I'm not using Facebook, uh, Facebook Messenger or, or um, Discord because it's just open and I can just move my mouse over there and send a text. It's really cool. Definitely so, looking forward to that, um, to that rolling out to the general public with the, official, with the next official release. So you'll use your main Mac screen for like as your workspace and then you'll sw toggle or, you know, scroll over to your iPad to text. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. Because really cool. also with the iPad, I mean, now I've become really fast at texting on my iPhone just using the touch screen. But um, on the iPad, it's pretty unwieldy and awkward. It is. So it is. The, the iPad... I keyboard is just not very good <laughs> it's yeah a great device but the keyboard is a is a choke point so using the keyboard and mouse on the ipad does seem really awesome were you saying yeah. that uh, that you know universal control may roll out for the iphone i thought it was just an no, ipad feature so far it's just between macs and ipads so it's not an iphone feature I, you're right that so it's ipad os that has rolled out a new version i think ios has too but i haven't gotten it installed yet yeah, and you know, we're recording on February 1st and I would say probably in the next, you know, sometime this month, if not in the next couple of weeks, Apple should release iPad OS 15.4 to the public, don't you think? Like, uh, you know, I would hope so, but it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes they give us something in a developer version and then they take it away. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, that's I feel like the um all Apple reviewers, though, are going nuts over universal control, really liking it. I, feel I like knew Apple... I was going to like it, but I like it way better than I thought I was going to like it. Really? <laughs> yeah, it's really great. <laughs> how do you have your iPad set up? Do you just use a you know, folio case or something? or how? Yeah, I just use a folio case, and it's sitting next to my monitor. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. I've yet to try it out, but I, I've got the devices I need to make it work, I believe at least. My iPad's a few years old, but my MacBook is new. Um, it'll, it'll probably work. It'll probably work. And it's okay. super intuitive. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I just wanted to throw in to. one last messages tip, just the one that, that I have been liking a lot, and that is um, pinning message threads. Uh, and you know, we got this in the last year or so, um, and you all it is is like when you go open your messages app and you press and hold a message thread, you'll have a new option that says pin. And that allows you to set up to nine message threads at the top that will always stay at the top of your messages app. So you can kind of have your favorite people and conversations there. And the reason I say message thread is it's not that you can only tap, you can only pin a person, you can pin a group message. So it could be a certain, you know, family text thread that has all your family members on it. Or I have one for, I have a workout group. So I've got a message thread with them going. And then of course I have, you know, my closest friends and family on there as well. And it's fun just to take the time to, to then customize the photo that goes with that. Um, so you can either have a photo of that person or an icon that represents the group. And um, it just keeps all your conversations up top. Do you use this feature? 
I have a couple of people pinned, but no, I don't use it very much. Yeah, it's you can <laughs> pin people. You can also pin content that someone sends you in a group thread. And then when you go to the little info icon and see any, everything that's been exchanged in that message thread, it'll bring that content to the top which is nice as well. I use that less often. I don't think it's as needed because you can still see everything that's been sent between people just when you tap the info icon. Um, but it is another kind of like the um, message effects feature. It's another hidden messages feature, which is nice. Yeah, it's a cool one. Silencing message pinning. threads is also, do you do that? Hiding alerts? Oh, yes. Oh, no, I was going to say, I was agreeing with your silencing of message threads. <laughs> <laughs> when you get added to a group thread and your phone just explodes with notifications. Yes, silencing that is wonderful. You just enter the message thread, tap on the names and photos at the top, and then tap the, um, tap the, what is this? Hide say? alerts. Hide alerts, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Very helpful. Cool. Well, um, you know, the Messages app, we were, we're in our apps and gear section. The Messages app we could keep talking about for a while, but I did have another app I wanted to discuss briefly too, and that's Grammarly. Have you used the iOS app? For Grammarly? No, yeah. I didn't. I, I don't use that. So I use I, it on my Mac. Right. So we've been doing this concierge service at iPhone Life as a beta service where I've been talking to, um, doing one-on-one -on -one FaceTime calls with you know, our insiders who want extra tech support. And uh, one of the people that I spoke to was asking me some questions about Grammarly on iOS, and I hadn't used that before. We use Grammarly at iPhone Life. We pay for the service and, you know, there's a Grammarly app for Mac. You can also just use it in the browser. And it's a great way to make sure that your messages are composed in the best way. It'll catch grammar and punctuation issues, and also just awkward wording and give suggestions for restructuring sentences. It's pretty awesome. Um, yeah, highly recommend. Yeah, shout Grammarly. You guys are great. <laughs> yeah, Grammarly is awesome. But I didn't realize that you could, if you download it on iOS, it's a keyboard that you can enable. Um, and it will, when you're texting, you can tap that little globe icon and Grammarly will pop up and it will edit your text messages or whatever it is that you're typing on iOS. And I have mixed feelings about it, actually. I, I mean, have mixed feelings about this. If you're sending really long text messages, then it becomes more useful. But it actually yeah, sort of that. interferes with Apple's own system, like predictive text and autocorrect. Like it'll already underline words that you're not, you know, that it's seeing as misspelled and give you other suggestions. Um, and the predictive text at the top will give you alternate word, you know, you can, as you start typing, it'll guess what you think it thinks you're typing and you can choose that. And I've just gotten fast at that. And Grammarly, um, has a different, it, it will like take over that part of the screen as you're typing. Um, Weird. and will, I want to try this now. It will also do predictive text, but I just found it kind of threw me off. And then if you t tap the Grammarly icon, if you type up a whole message and then tap the Grammarly icon, it will assess the whole message and give you go through and give you suggestions and being like, consider rewording this way. And if you tap on it, then it'll implement the change. So if you're someone who is, I mean, doing a lot of word processing 
on iOS. Um, so anytime you're using the keyboard on iOS, it's it's not just right, the messages app just, just applies to. Right. Then this is a cool feature. But if you're someone who just casually texts, I think it actually kind of gets in the way of what Apple's already doing with the keyboard. Uh, with between, if as long as you have predictive text enabled and you know autocorrect on, and so if anything, it kind of just adds extra complication that you don't need. <laughs> but I could definitely see using it on my iPad when I'm composing, when I'm writing, or writing articles, or or so on. That that's an interest, and 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 because it's a keyboard, it will function anywhere that a keyboard would function. So notes, reminders. Yeah. Um, Microsoft Word, etc. Yeah, cool. so it's cool. And Grammarly, you know, to get the most out of it, you need a paid subscription. We have that at iPhone Life, so you just log into your account when you would download the Grammarly app, and you have access to all the premium features. So this is not yeah. a, a paid sponsorship. We just really like Grammarly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we do. You know, I still maintain it does not replace a real life editor, but I would also no, have vested sure. interest in saying that. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, but for sure. But I yeah. mean, it's good, but you, you need a second pair of eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so question of the week. I would like to ask people what their favorite messages app feature is. Um, write into podcast at iphonelife.com and let us know. Colin and I have shared our favorites, and we'd love to hear from you. And we have a couple, a little bit of premium content for insider subscribers, so stick around if you're an insider. Uh, but besides that, we'll wrap up the episode and see you back here in two weeks for uh, Spring Rumors. We're going to go over in the next episode, David and I are going to talk about what Apple is likely coming out with in 2022. The Spring so Rumor rill has, mill has begun. Uh, we have an iOS 16 so roundup on our site, just of like everything, all the software features we're expecting for the iPhone. Um, are we gonna get a MacBook Air, a new MacBook Air this year that has some of the features we just got in the MacBook Pro? Uh, all that type put, of thing. I'm putting my money on a new iMac. I'd be really? shocked if there wasn't a new one. Oh, there's gotta be. <laughs> Well, yeah, so stick around or come back next episode to hear all about that. Um, And have a great week, everyone. Bye. Thanks for having me.